Coffee Team. Welcome back to the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give you guys a little heads up that there are a lot of new blog posts on my website. Um, The most recent one I wrote was about PMS and remedies for that, which actually was so educational to write because I had to do some research for it and I learned so much about my body and my levels of hormones and progesterone that are actually manageable if you know what you're dealing with. So for my ladies, I definitely recommend checking that out just to educate yourselves and maybe it'll give you some kind of life hacks for that time of the month. Another one I wrote was about solo travel and why I love to travel alone. I just did a quick little trip to Sedona just to go hiking and just get some fresh air. It felt so good. So I wrote about that. And then I did one for being home during the holidays because for me, I really get triggered when I go home. Um, Not necessarily a bad way, but just a lot of memories come up. And it's a place, you know, where I grew up. We grew up in these homes, like going to high school and everything. So I think just being back in an environment like that always kind of brings up some old stuff and some old patterns. So I wrote a little bit about that and how, you know, getting older has changed my perspective on a lot of things. So just a little heads up for you there. And on my Instagram now, if you click the link in my bio, like every picture is linked to some kind of article that I've been enjoying or video that I found educational, like whatever. So you can always browse through that too, if you're looking for some new reading material. And for the newbies, my website is HelenDenham.com and my Instagram is at HelenDenham underscore. All right, so let's get into today's episode. I got to chat with one of my friends, Cassandra Carlson. She and I met a while back working with UN Women. We were on a committee together, and I mean, that in itself was just really wonderful to be a part of. We were all working toward the advancement of women in leadership and equality across the board. So, of course, we met some amazing people doing that. And then I got reconnected with her really recently. One of our mutual friends invited me to actually observe a workshop that she was doing that was teaching people how to become life coaches and coaches in general. And we'll get into this about exactly what coaching is. It's kind of a new thing in the industry right now, in the wellness industry and just life in general. Um, But coaches can be really instrumental for us in building the life and designing the life that we really desire. They're just really helpful at getting us to get really clear on what we want and start to really observe ourselves honestly um, to take those steps forward. So Cassandra is specifically a career coach, and I think you're going to learn so much from what she has to say during this conversation. And when you finish, I'd love to know what feedback you might have for the podcast in general and what your takeaways were from this specific episode. And in the meantime, enjoy. I want to ask you is how you start your day off. Do you have a morning routine and and what does that look like for you? Ooh, how I start my day off. Um, yes, I do have things that I do every morning. Um, I, I try to always start my day with, with meditation actually. So basically as soon as I open my eyes, I kind of just slide up into sitting position in my bed and uh, I do my, my meditation for about 20 minutes. So that's just super important to me. It's kind of how it sets, it sets everything up for my day, basically. Absolutely. Did you have to kind of get into that kind of practice or how long have you been meditating for? Yeah, it took 
me some time. I've been doing it for about two, two and a half years now. Um, and uh, so I do a specific type of meditation called transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I learned about that when I first came to New York, actually. I met some people who who were doing it and I got really inspired. And uh, you you take a course, basically. So it's a, I think it's a five-day intensive course. It's not full days. So it's kind of evening things, uh, and then uh, you're, you're good to go. And um, I don't know how long it took me to, to get consistent. It's been, it's been on and off, but uh, it took me for about six months or so to get really consistent with my practice. Yeah, and what made you, you know, want to take on TM, or, or what kind of catapulted you into developing a mindful practice like that? Um, I think I've always been really intrigued. So for me, it started with yoga. Um, and that was honestly just a fluke. That was, I think it was a sports injury. Mm. Uh, and I didn't know how to, how to work out. And, and uh, my doctor um, suggested yoga. And then I got really into Kundalini yoga and kind of got introduced to meditation that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved to New York, I met really interesting people who were practicing this type of meditation. So for me, I think meditation as, you know, just as a concept was really, it seems so big and so scary. <laughs> and I didn't even know where to start. Um, I, I remember Googling and then just never finding anything that I really fell into, um, and this was just my first try, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, trying to remember what it was that intrigued me about this specific. I think it was just the people I met and, and uh, just wanting to try something. Totally. So, and then the benefits it gave me was just like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us more about that too. How have you seen your mindset change from, you know, previously and before you started meditating to now having a more consistent practice? Yeah, so for me, it was so, it was so profound. Uh, and it happened really during the course. Uh, I think it was the fact that the course was so powerful to me that I really, it really motivated me to keep trying to keep a consistent practice. And what I felt right away was just... Um, an increased focus, uh, and because um, I had a really like scattered mind, and uh, you know, uh, trying to deal with stress, and um, <clears throat> I was moving to New York at the time, and for me that was a big shift. So uh, just dealing with the intensity of the city and and so on, I just felt uh, a really big difference in how I was able to to focus on certain tasks, how I was able to complete things. Mm-hmm. Um, my sleep was, uh, definitely got so much better. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I can relate to those ones and remind me yeah. where we're coming over from. You came from overseas, right? Yes. So I am born and raised in Sweden, Sweden. I was, I was like, is it Switzerland or Sweden? That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> and what brought you over here? What made you want to move to New York? Um, well, a number of different things. I would like the main thing was really, I had a huge crush on New York. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I was traveling a lot and, uh, I, the first time I came to New York was with my dad and I just felt 
instantly that, wow, this is uh, just so, um, what do you say? What's the English word? It's so impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the things that after a while you've lived in New York, you don't really want to maybe go to those places as much like Times Square and all the busy places. But for me, when I first got there, that was just like, wow, <laughs> never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came back um, with a friend and we uh, ended up staying up, staying in Brooklyn. And uh, I remember having this feeling of just like, oh, this feels like home. Mm. And um, so I just decided that, you know what, I am going to make this happen. have no idea how. Um, I remember people telling me that, oh, you can't do that. You, you have to have a visa to get a job and you have to get a job to get a visa. It was, you know, <laughs> catch 22 type of situation. But mm-hmm. um, I just really felt like it was something that I really, really wanted and needed to do. Yeah. And in Sweden, were you living in kind of more of a city or were you more in like open landscapes or what was, what was the difference like? Yeah, I think I, I've been all over, to be honest. So I grew up in a really small town. It's called Hesleholm. <laughs> mm. And um, I stayed there until I was about 17 uh, and moved out uh, to go to flight school, actually. And that's cool. when I first ended up in a uh, sort of a bigger city, and uh, eventually ended up in Stockholm, which is the capital of Sweden, mm-hmm. um, and lived there for a couple of years. Um, and then, you know, my career took me out in Europe, Switzerland, actually. actually. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <Close>. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, then... Um, I started studying again. So I lived in Copenhagen and Malmö as well. So I've been a little bit older. Yeah. So Olive already said this in the intro that you are um, a coach, but I'd love to dive into more about your journey with coaching and what um, brought you into this field in the first place. Right. Um, Well, the short answer is that it really allows me to live out, you know, both my biggest passion and what I feel is my purpose in life. So I feel like I really get to help people. Um, and I get to be the mirror. I get to uh, help them see themselves and who they truly are and discover what they're capable of and what they want to make of their lives. So for me, that is just providing, providing a sanctuary, providing uh, being love. So Mm-hmm. Um, that's the short answer that I get to do all of that with what I do. Um, yeah. The long answer I think, um, is really about my own journey to, to figure out who I really am. Yeah. Um, and, and tell us about that. I think people are really interested too, in, in understanding something particularly difficult that maybe you had to overcome to, to recognize yourself as love and, and, have the understanding of what that means and be able to give it to, to other people. Was there something in particular that comes up for you that you had to work your way through? Um, to get to coaching. Um, so I think, well, I've had a lot of different types of career careers and um, you know, I have several different types of degrees and, and kind of jumped all over. So for me, I think uh, something that has been consistent has been, uh, just allowing myself to be true to who I am. Uh, I think I've, you know, uh, lived 
um, been kind of susceptible to expectations and norms. And I think that's pretty common. Um, you know, um, maybe it's more common for millennials. Maybe it's not. But I know it's certainly a theme that people like to discuss that millennials are, you know, a certain type of way. But I definitely uh, relate to feeling the pressure of having to be something or, um, you know, expectations and so on. So uh, for me, the journey towards becoming a coach was really just trying out and, and trying out different things. What is it that I really like? Mm-hmm. What is it that inspires me? Uh, what assignments make me happy? Is it okay to choose happiness over, you know, uh, something that has been taught to me for a long time that I should be doing? Mm-hmm. That's such yeah. a good point. And I think that really gets ingrained into all of us who went through the school system. I mean, when we're in kindergarten, at least Americans, we're asked from day one, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And what is that mm-hmm. one word? What is that one career? And then we grow up and we have so many different passions and paths. And I, I can relate to that feeling kind of like, what am I, am I doing the right thing? Like, aren't I supposed <laughs> to just be choosing like one thing? And it could be a little exactly. confusing. Yeah. 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 And the idea that there is a right thing. (laughs) Wow. The pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, just allowing yourself to, to try out certain things. That's also, that was huge for me. I also really wanted to, you know, have the right idea Mm -hmm. and uh, it took a lot for me to break out of, uh, I mean, particularly my first career, but honestly, I kind of fell back into uh, living up to other people's expectations and, um, yeah. Yeah. What I should be doing. Totally. And how do you separate who you really are from who people might want you to be? How do you make that, you know, differentiation? I'm not even using English myself. How do you differentiate (laughs) that? (laughs) Oh, wow. That's, that's a good question. I mean, that's something that's like a process. That's still something that I'm discovering. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, uh, it has been a real eye opener to just realize that we're all walking through this world and seeing the world with different eyes. We all have different perspectives and we have so many stories going on in our head and bottom line, they're all interpretations they're not the truth. Uh, it's just what we make them mean. It's what we make situations mean, feelings mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but who is it to say what is truth? And so for me, um, that realization has just given me perspective towards what other people think about me. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's not the truth. It's just their opinion. And it sounds, it sounds really simple. Uh, uh, but once that landed within me, I really, I really felt a shift in that and allowing myself to just explore who am I (laughs) really. That is an everyday kind of journey and search throughout that question, like the, who am I of it all? And and meditation really does help with that. For sure. It gives a kind of uh, a kind of peace that, you know, throughout all of it, there's, you don't really have to do so much. It's not about doing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's about being and who you get to show up as in the world and how that's a possibility. Yeah. I think New Yorkers need to hear you say that. (laughs) 
because we're all doing so many things at one time and often feel like we're racing against each other in this like invisible race, or we're all trying to hit this finish line or we set timelines for ourselves. Um, Mm. And on that same kind of note, what what are you finding that a lot of your clients are coming to you with? What are most people working through? Well, so I, um, I, my focus is uh, mainly professional, or at least when I started out, I decided that I would focus mainly on careers. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my clients come to me with careers, especially uh, in the beginning, uh, things that they want to accomplish and work on. And, you know, someone wants to start a business or someone wants to shift careers. and, And that's, uh, really uh, the entry point. Uh, what I've found is that as we work through those things, it usually expands. And, and that awareness that they get in coaching, it kind of penetrates all the layers of their life and all the areas. So um, I would say the discovery of oneself is really, uh, it's not something that a lot of my clients come to in the beginning but it is definitely a theme that I see that, you know, we're working through mm. with most of my clients. Just um, what ends up happening um, once you start peeling the layers of all, you know, all the behaviors that we've started building up that are maybe not serving us and that are really designed to keep you from harm or um, it's, it's that you start to not change who you are, but you start to become more of who you are. So that's something that I find is really beautiful. Yeah. And it sounds like you're touching on survival mechanisms a little bit. Um, Can you talk to us about like, you know, how we find our essence and how we also determine what our survival mechanisms are so we can get to know ourselves a little better. And disclaimer, I, um, I went with our, our mutual friend Inan and I actually observed one of Cassandra's, um, coaching workshops. So I kind of got to see firsthand on how you guys explain this and work through it, but can you explain to us like, what is, what is this process like? Oh yeah, of course. I love that you were there by the way. (laughs) It was wonderful to have you. Um, so yeah, this, this concept of essence is a little bit, can be hard to grasp, but basically we were talking about a little bit earlier about, you know, the difference between being and doing. So um, your essence is the core of who you are. If you strip away, you know, the fears that you've started building up and that you continuously accumulate throughout life, and if you strip away the automatic behaviors that you kind of build up to protect yourself from these fears, uh, if you distinguish that and realize that that's all part of doing, what's left is the core of you. Who are you? And that is the essence of you. Mm-hmm. It's something that you have access to all the time. It's you. It's who you are. And it's something that people pick up on really easily. Uh, it's something that you kind of emanate. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the best way I can describe it. I love that. What I'm so curious about what your essence ended up being. I did mine uh, and found out that mine was... Um, optimism and humor, which was really sweet, but it was interesting to unravel that and like actually discover it and be kind of surprised. Um, and I'm curious what yours is. How wonderful. Yeah, of course. Uh, so we, we uh, like to do, uh, an essence exercise where we kind of, uh, distinguish, uh, five 
And of course, your essence is, you know, fluid. And it's just a way to kind of help anchor you and remind you of what your core is as opposed to, you know, these automatic behaviors. It's, it's something that we've been practicing for a long time. So you kind of slip in and out of those. And, uh, but these words are just something to keep you grounded and, and remind you um, of what you are outside of that. Mm-hmm. So my essence words uh, are leader, wisdom, adventure, delight, and sanctuary. Oh, I love those. Those are really good. <laughs> yeah, I love those too. I mean, when I first uh, when I first got them, some of them I had some resistance to. Um, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. I felt like they were all over the place, but now I really love them. Yeah, that's so good. And now let's flip into kind of survival mechanisms. How can we identify what our survival mechanisms are? Right. So your survival mechanisms are the automatic behaviors that you're doing. You know, the, um, the things that you kind of slip into without even, even thinking about it. So, for instance, um, if a police officer stopped you today uh, and, you know, asked you, about, what are you doing? How do you know already now that you would react? Well, we can do it like a little example. I personally, um, luckily, probably because of my privilege, I don't get very scared of officers, but Mm -hmm. I think I would probably try to take ownership of what went wrong and then try to smile my way out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So you you own something that that I hear that you're assuming that you did something wrong mm-hmm. um, and uh, smiling. And so those are just examples of like, it's an automatic reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So this may not be a part of your survival mechanism, but it's just an automatic behavior, something that you do without thinking. Mm-hmm. And our survival mechanisms work the same way. It's when we get, fe- when we get scared of something, we go to an automatic behavior. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like if I get scared that I'm running late, I definitely start kind of going through all of these fear symptoms and like breathing heavily or trying to make up an excuse for what's going on or like um, covering something up. And it's really interesting to dive into that and like take an objective perspective on what's happening internally so that we can like come back to our essence. Is that kind of the, right. the ultimate goal is to kind of work through those mechanisms and come back to our essence? Yeah. So, I mean, I think what's important to understand is that there is nothing wrong and there's nothing wrong with being in your survival mechanism. But what we're trying to do in coaching is to just create the awareness Mm. that you have these behaviors because in coaching, uh, the main purpose is usually to uh, go from A to B. You want to create something, you want to create a future. Uh, There's a gap between where you are right now and where you would like to be. So what we're trying to do is apart from creating that action is also to create an awareness, an awareness of certain habits that you might have that might be getting in your way. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously coming from essence is just such a pleasant way to go about life. Um, but uh, there's nothing wrong with being in survival mechanism. It's just that creating this awareness, it allows you to choose. You mm-hmm. can choose come from because usually what we do when we get scared we just go to this automatic and we feel a little bit like victims or we feel disempowered and it's like oh 
there is no other way to go. But if you have an awareness, then you can always choose differently. Yeah. And I really like that you say that there's, there's nothing wrong with being in our survival mechanisms and it's, it's part of the human experience for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And can you give people kind of an idea of what makes coaching different than therapy? Because I feel like coaching is kind of this new um, thing that's kind of shown up and people are really gravitating toward coaches, but not, we're maybe not sure on how to differentiate coaches from therapists, et cetera. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually so glad that you asked that question because there's a lot of confusion, like you say, around this distinction. And I think even within our fields, there can be some confusion uh, as to what is the difference. Um, and there can be some skepticism and so on. So um, if we start with just a little bit about therapy as a practice, it is uh, focused on treating problem areas. So Therapy is about identifying what is wrong, identifying symptoms, and putting out diagnoses, and then managing that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time, therapy, not all of the time, it depends on which topic that you go to, but a lot of the time, therapy is focused on the past. Mm. So you search in your past to get an understanding of why you think and feel a certain way. Um, And the main objective here is really to accomplish healing in some form. So coaching, on the other hand, is focused on bringing you into the future. Uh, A little bit about, you know, what we talked about earlier. Uh, So it's specifically about creating the results that you want in your future. Mm -hmm. So it's less about looking at your past and it's less about asking why. Um, And it's more about creating awareness around your patterns of behavior and your thoughts and what you might be putting in the way of getting to where you want to go. So... Yeah. So we don't stay in the past. We, we look to the present and what new actions will get you to your desired future. Right. Yeah. It sounds like a, a very proactive kind of rational approach to how to get from point A to point B and filling in the gap, just like you were saying on how to get where you want to go. Right. Right. So, I mean, just to deepen it a little if you look at the you know the main objective between therapy and coaching usually I mean in that sense coaching's main purpose isn't to heal it is to bring awareness and results as opposed to therapy where you're actually looking to heal Mm -hmm. something that is wrong or dealing with a problem area so that's not to say that there is an overlap um of course there is I mean if you um if you get an understanding of why you're doing things, it can absolutely re- lead to you creating amazing results. Mm. And the same way in coaching, when you start changing your actions and we start getting those results and you start changing behaviors, it can definitely bring you healing as well. But I think it's important to understand that the objective is different. Mm-hmm. How might you mm. suggest that people... Um, reach their goals, kind of, that's a point blank question. Like what kind of steps might you suggest people take? I guess everybody's different, but how can we be better about goal setting? Right. So um, I love that you touched upon the fact that everyone's different. <laughs> so um, um, in coaching, I like to look at the individual. So that's one thing when you asked me about, you know, the difference between 
therapy and coaching, that's one distinction. Another distinction is between coaching and consulting. So as a coach, my strength is really to look at the individual and what is getting in your way because mm-hmm. that is going to be really individual to you versus as if I were a consultant, I would be an expert, mm-hmm. an expert on your specific field or something like that. So I think the absolute, you know, the, the main power in coaching really is that I am an expert in helping you finding out the answers for yourself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if I was working with you, I would start to look at what are the things that you're putting in the way right now? What is, what is your actual goal? Let's distinguish that. Let's, let's step into the future and really create this vision that you have. What is it that you really want? Mm-hmm. And then work your way backwards. Yeah. Well, if you already like knew. Yeah. If you already knew that it would happen, mm-hmm. what would it look like? And yeah, uh, kind of touches back on what we talked about earlier about, you know, survival mechanisms and essence. It's all going to be very individual to you. Uh, And so it can be really powerful to look at what is it in this moment that is not getting you the results that you're looking for. Totally. I am getting this kind of overarching feeling that it's, I guess for me about identifying what I really want and then prioritizing my wants um, and then actually setting aside that time. And I think maybe that's what a lot of people deal with when they're working on completing something is, and and they're not getting there is maybe they just don't know what they want. I think that's been standing in my way. You just gave me like a little ping. (laughs) Maybe I need to prioritize a little differently if I want to get this done faster. Yeah, I mean, it can be so many different things. Some people get really motivated by this wonderful vision and wonderful, you know, future. Some people get really motivated by what they really don't want. So mm-hmm. what will happen if you don't accomplish this? Yeah. Um, and again, you know, the part about setting aside time, what is that about? Is that, you know, about not being able to prioritize yourself? Mm-hmm. What does your the priorities look like. Um, so there's a ton of juicy stuff that you could dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, that's the distinction between coaching and consulting. Because if I was an expert in uh, getting you uh, recognized or famous as an artist, um, I would be giving you all sorts of advice. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, I will be asking you, well, what do you think is standing in the way? Right. And unraveling that. Exactly. Getting you to turn inwards and find those answers out for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to chat with you too about something that you've managed to work out for yourself. What was a block that you were able to work through and overcome and get what you wanted? Hmm, A block and get what I wanted. Um, I mean, I have a couple of different ones so definitely moving to New York was uh, uh, was I wouldn't say a block but it was a challenge there was a lot of hoops to jump through um, I think maybe a more recent and maybe a little bit more interesting one is actually moving from New York <laughs> that was also quite difficult in the beginning it was a it was a big shift 
again, to go from the intensity and the energy that, you know, is New York and uh, to land in Sweden. And all of a sudden there were no sirens, no M train, no mm-hmm. boozy brunches. <laughs> um, and instead, you know, there were nature everywhere and a lot of family around. And um, it was, it was a big it was a big shift. And I think I struggled for a while with not feeling at home in either places. Mm-hmm. So I think I was, I was, uh, you know, craving that box to kind of define yourself by like, who am I? Uh, where do I belong? Am I this high speed New Yorker who loves to do things all the time? Or am I a small town Swedish girl? Like I have to choose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, just dealing with <clears throat> going back and forth and uh, uh, missing home. And when I would go, when I would, was in New York, I would miss home and nature. And when I was in, I would just panic by the slowness of it all and the massive FOMO would hit me. <laughs> yeah. So um, I feel yeah. the same way. I'm from um, like a small coastal town in Maine, which is probably not that different from Sweden. And I go through the exact same range of emotions, like really needing fresh air and to be around trees and nature and take a hike. And then like three days in, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not doing anything with my life <laughs> to go back <laughs> to the city. But um, what's your balance exactly. now? How have you found balance in those? Well, I think... Um, it was a process, absolutely. And I think um, for me, it's, it has been a process of acceptance uh, and um, accepting wherever I'm at and not in a physical way, but more being okay with not being okay. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a lot about allowing myself to feel whatever it was that I was feeling, mm-hmm. allowing myself to be disappointed or uh, to feel lost. Because I think at least for me, it's been a theme that whenever I feel a little bit like shaky, the ground is not, you know, entirely smooth. I want to fix it because it's not okay to not have everything in order. And um, so the biggest shift for me has been just accepting that, you know what, it's okay. It's okay to feel lost. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to want to feel at home. Mm-hmm. And um, once I once I did that, I uh, I started to feel at home in all places. It was really funny, actually. So I would say that I I, I feel at home in both New York and, and Sweden now, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. That is really nice. It sounds like you've come to this grounded place where you feel. It sounds like you feel more centered just from allowing your emotions to happen as they might instead of resisting them. Exactly. We have this, uh, this nice saying uh, that I sometimes throw at my clients to their detriment. <laughs> what you resist persists. Mm-hmm. And um, I have this thing where I, I like to resist my feelings. <laughs> so that's been a practice for me to just allow them to be there and to feel them till the yeah. end. And uh, usually that. It's a lot more pleasant, as weird as it sounds, than resisting them. Yeah, it's so funny because it's like we're all so afraid of feeling pain, or most of mm-hmm. us are, that we run away from the pain and just try not to look at it, but that's painful in itself. So, exactly. Yeah, 
I get what you mean about just like going through it because it's kind of the same on both sides. You're going to have to work through it one way or the other. Exactly. But we have this crippling fear of just feeling the pain. And I think, well, I, I think it's in Buddhism where they, where they distinguish very, very nicely between pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And so resistance of your pain and of your emotions and your feelings, it will lead to suffering. Uh, however, the pain in itself, you, you can usually just manage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is there anything else that you do to, to keep centered and calm like that throughout your, your day? Do you have any other little rituals that do you journal? Do you, um, what do you like to eat or do you like to exercise? How do you stay centered in general each day? Um, I do journal. Uh, not every day. Um, <clears throat> I do a little writing exercises, um, clearing exercises to kind of clear my head of, um, you know, the survival mechanisms that turn on sometimes. And uh, we all have thoughts that kind of ruminate in our minds about worry and judgment and so on. So the clearing exercises are a big, uh, big thing for me that helps me stay centered. Um, I do like to exercise. I'm still very big into yoga. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, recently I've been taking up climbing, which I love. <laughs> mm, oh, cool. Yeah. That's another, you know, another activity where I can really get lost and just, um, yeah, try to figure out my next move and just forget time. Yeah. Cause you have no other option when you're climbing. Like you have to be exactly. right there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Good for you. That's so cool. Do you like to go um, outside or in a gym? Mostly in a gym. So yeah. I mostly do bouldering, uh, but that's a goal. Actually, I would love to do more outside climbing. I've tried it a couple of times and I have this fear of heights that I'm, uh, you know, taking on. <laughs> oh yeah. Have you seen um, like free solo and, and oh. all of those? Oh my God. I loved it. I mean, I was so sweaty. (laughs) I was sweating the entire movie, but also I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, that was wild. That was one of the best films of like the last few years for sure. Yeah, I don't blame you for being afraid of heights after watching that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, honestly, that had the opposite effect on me because I was just like, oh, wow, you can do anything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know he's like, there's, I think I liked when they kind of studied his brain and they were looking at when his fear, um, like fight or flight turned on and he just kind of didn't have much of a response. Like (laughs) (laughs) doesn't really bother him. That's so funny. Yeah. So Cassandra, let's um, close out by letting people know how they can work with you, how they can find you. Where can we send people? Absolutely. So, uh, I work with most of my clients remote and uh, I do have a website, so you can find me at CassandraCarlson.com, both with C's. Um, and obviously, I'm reachable on phone, so I don't know if you want to share that as well. Perfect. I'll link um, your website and your Instagram in the show notes, and I yeah, do that way. Do that. I will. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time and some lifestyle hacks. That was very helpful. (laughs) Thank you. This was so lovely. It was great to speak with you. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I had such a good time talking with Cassandra. I always learn a lot from her. And if you're interested in receiving coaching from her or just want to learn more about her, you can visit her Instagram. It's at cassandra.c.coaching. 
and her website is CassandraCarlson.com. And one more little thing, if you guys want to join my mailing list, I send out a little self-care Sunday email every Sunday. It's just a great way to stay connected with the community and share some stuff with you guys. So if you go to HelenDenham.com and scroll to the bottom, you can sign up for that. And I'll catch you on the next one. Have a great day, everyone.